3: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
0: Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN.
4: And welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM Dave Ross here in Las Vegas. And it is great to have the man of the hour himself, Michael Lombardi. And Michael, the people might not know, you had technical difficulties and it was a rush to get you on to start this show. But like a true pro, here you are. And you know what?
5: I never had a doubt in the world. Uh, my man, Ken, he's the best. He can figure it all out. <laughs> you know, it's really my fault because when I left on Monday, David, I turned everything off. And then, of course, like an idiot, I don't turn everything back on. So, you know, this is just my inability to handle technology. But it's good to be with you again on a Wednesday. It's good to be here. It's good to start week four in the NFL. I'm jacked for it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, all the great guests we have on the show today. So it'll be fun.
4: Yeah, we're going to have a a great lineup as well as always here on this Wednesday. We've got uh, Steve Mackin joining us. Brian Baldinger. uh, Lou Finnecaro is going to join us as well. So we've got a great lineup for you today on this Wednesday. Uh, But I do, I'd be remiss. If I didn't look back to Monday night, Michael, because to wrap up week three, got to get your thoughts on those Cowboys. You probably can see the excitement and read it on my face today because as a Cowboy fan – Uh, Look, I I laid the four here when I saw it at at South Point a week ago before the game, and I saw four. I thought, ooh, that feels too small for me. So I played it initially. It went down to three and a half, and then I jumped on it again. I just thought that people were on the wrong side of this one. I did not think the Eagles win their class. The overcast here, Michael. Am I now sucked in for the year that this is going to be the
5: year that the Cowboys might actually be back? You are sucked (laughs) in. I was sucked in on the Eagle front. I I actually like the Eagle side in that. I thought the Eagles defense would play much better than they did. I thought their defensive front would do what they did to, with Dak on the, first, on the second drive of the game where they got the safety touchdown, you know, where they tackled them in the end zone. But yeah. the, the Cowboys offensive line played well. And here's the reality of the Philadelphia Eagle plate, And Brian Balding will speak to this in the next hour. Is If you're going to play soft zone, if you're going to play cover two like they were doing, and you can't fill the gaps, and you can't two-gap, they're going to run the ball on you, and there's certain plays they're going to get. The Eagles' secondary and their linebackers are not good enough. That's just a fact. The Eagles must win games with their front. And when you neutralize their front, you win that game. The other issue was, and I and I was wrong on this one, I felt like Jalen Hurts, who only had 12 completions the week before against the San Francisco 49ers, would play better. Mm. And I know Jalen Hurts is really, because they're running Oklahoma's offense. They're running Oklahoma's offense. That's what they're running. And Jalen Hurts just isn't an NFL quarterback. He's a running quarterback. He's not an NFL quarterback. And the Eagles are going to go down this road. And I said it before. I said it on the show, and I even bet him. But mistakenly, I kept saying, look, he stares down the receivers. He's only going to throw to one guy. And that's what he's did in the game. And now after three weeks, people know this. It's going to be a challenge for them. I mean, the Eagles went all in on, on hurts. Now mm-hmm. they, they also, they backed off and said, you know, we've got Miami's first round pick. We've got our first round pick. They're not going to get the Carson Wentz first round pick because the, the, the Colts are smart enough to know if they don't win enough games, they're not going to give away a one. Right. But they've got two ones that they feel like they're going to get a quarterback. And I'm told that people that are like, if Spencer Rattler's the best quarterback in this draft, there's no quarterback in the draft. Ooh. Yeah, and that's a problem. Let's just put that on the table, right? Yeah. And so the Eagles are in a dilemma right now. Well, great point. And also, what about Gardner
4: Minshew? When they picked him up, my antenna went up a little bit, That to your point that maybe they're not fully sold on Jalen Hurts. If you're Nick Sirianni, you're a first-year head coach, you've got time to figure this out. And with those picks that you mentioned here, Do they have the quarterback on the roster, or do you think eventually they have to go outside of it? Because, again, if you're looking at the Eagles and maybe you took them the adjusted win total, I wouldn't feel very good about that right now after what I saw Monday night.
5: No, I mean, no, because, look, now all of a sudden, what always happens to Philadelphia? You know, they have injuries. Yeah. So now they've lost both starting guards. They're out. The starting left tackle was out. They put Dillard in the game. He wasn't bad. But so now they have down two of the five offensive linemen. They've already lost Brandon Graham in the defensive line. They lose one more defensive alignment. it's Katie Bar the door. Mm. So th- this has always been the issue with, with Philadelphia since they won the Super Bowl, is being able to stay healthy and durable. They can't. They don't practice. You know, I still like to know, and I think we should probably, Dave, you've got contacts in Chicago. Matt Santos, welcome back. He's got contacts. <laughs> I'd like to know what Sariani is doing with that highlighter in his head. Like, what is he doing with that thing in his head? What I is that know. for? It's got a very maddening feel to it. We. I mean, are we reading a book and we're going to highlight something? I mean, what are we doing here? Well, you, what you, do we have to highlight? Michael, if you remember on the play
4: sheet for Matt Nagy, which Chicago, by the way. I, I, BU? I yeah, the BU. BU. I saw somebody today doctored that to said, don't be you. Like, when you put the highlighter on the side, you're trying too hard to show us
5: that you're, you're studious, yeah. that you're, you're working at this about, and you're highlighting how things. About now he's got a yellow. I mean, if you're the Eagle coach, don't you have a green highlight? I mean, I only use green. <laughs> I, everything I do is in green. I don't work for the Eagles, but I'd have a green highlight. Like like to me, you know, remember when Digger Phelps used to do ESPN oh, yeah. he had all those highlights he'd always match the highlighter to his tie. tie. Absolutely. Digger had some style to yeah. him. I mean, give Digger some cred. You know, I mean I this totally guy's agree. got a pink one. You want a pink one? I mean, I get it in the month of October when we're doing breast cancer yes. awareness. I'm all for that. Put a pink one in your head. I'm all good with that. No problem. Okay? <laughs> I'm good. Stay within the symmetry. But uh, come on. Give me a break. And with Jonathan it. Gannon, the defensive coordinator. Jonathan, the game, you've got to adjust your game plan. Like, where is your game plan? I'm sorry. Like, he, he's 14
4: years it. old. I mean, I, I don't know how old <laughs> he actually is. But I saw the shot of him. And, Michael, I went, you got to be kidding me. This guy's running the defense. Look, I hope it works out for Philadelphia. I like when you try new
5: things. No, I you don't. It. You're a Boy, man, you don't hope Billy <laughs> really don't lie, David. It's a good point. You don't hope it works out. So, what do you do? All now, I can Michael? tell you is where I live here. Okay, yeah. I live in the Philadelphia. area. Oh. If I walk home from this office, I would see fifty eagle flags. I would see at least fifty. Okay, I, I, naturally, I don't walk home. That's why I'm a fat guy. <laughs> but the reality of it is, 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 is that they were after they beat Atlanta. They were all in. I mean, they were having a parade. Mm-hmm. There was a parade. Now all of a sudden, you know, we have to be patient with Nick. The problem with Philadelphia is is they believe they believe the organization carries the head coach. The head coach doesn't carry, or they minimize the head coach. This guy was printing cowboy t-shirts like he was in high school, like yeah. he's working for the ocean city red Raiders over here. <laughs> you know, when we play mainland, that's a big game. So everybody gets an ocean city beat mainland t-shirt here. Like no, that's not pro football. No, I know. And what... I kicked myself for falling for it. I fell for it. I, I'm an idiot. Well, what do you do this week now? Because
4: you have a team that's just awful ATS. And I'm talking about the Kansas city chiefs. And they're gonna to come to Philadelphia and they're gonna ask us, Michael, to lay seven on the road with the Chiefs, who never cover anymore. And don't get me never. started on the teasers because they killed me last week with so many things that yeah. would have cashed if they had just won the damn game. And now I gotta lay seven at Philadelphia
5: after what I just watched on Monday night. I mean, Michael. It might go to seven and a half. Oh it might go to seven and a half. It might. Just so it just might, David. I mean here. look. I mean, look, I, I, I ran my numbers. Now, look, there's a couple teams my numbers are not good on, and I, and I admit my numbers last week were not good on San Francisco when they were not good on Philly because of level of comp, right? right? Philly beats a bad Atlanta team. You know, they play good against San Francisco, but how good is San Francisco, especially on defense when they couldn't rush Aaron Rodgers? So, like this week, my Denver numbers are probably wrong because Denver's played... The Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars. So Mm -hmm. their cumulative stats come against really bad level of comp. Okay, so we got to throw that out. But this week, this game, I mean this game here, with with, with three games in, I have this game should be a 3.3 game. Favorite of Kansas City. You know, 3.3. 3. I, 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 to me, I think at 7, it's you, either you play Philly or you don't play it. Okay. that's to me, that's how I look at it. That's totally fair. I, conversely,
4: when I look at the Cowboys now coming off that high, and again, you never really felt threatened if you laid the 4 in that game here. And now you have the Panthers coming in. And, Michael, I've been watching the Panthers. This is a team you and I talked about in the summertime that I love their overplay of 7.5, and, and we're almost halfway there with three wins here in the bank already. Man, their defense, you know, people are talking about Sam Darnold because you know how this works. Everybody talks about offense. But you look at what they're building there defensively in Carolina, okay? And I think there is respect when you see that number that it's only four and a half here. Matt Rule's building something defensively here with all the drafts. In the whole draft a year ago was all defense. And then this year, J.C. Horn, of course, got hurt uh, last week. But still, they go out and get C.J. Henderson. What do you make of what he's doing defensively? And what do you make of that number?
5: Well, I think he's doing a really good job. I think he's doing an outstanding job defensively. And I think more than anything, he's doing a great job of managing Sam Darnold. He's not asking Darnold to do too much. He's tailored the playbook to fit Sam. Darnold. They repeat plays shocking, right? Yeah. They repeat plays because they don't want Sam Darnold to have the, 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 the New York city phone directory, The <laughs> playbook. They don't want it to be that thick. You know, they want it to be down. They want to narrow. They know who Sam is and they want to do that. So, For me, I think that's where he's done a great job. This number, to me, shockingly, it's under five without Christian McCaffrey. That's a huge piece to what Carolina doesn't have in their offense. And because he's such a great indicator and he's such a good matchup, you know, who's going to be the sub back for Carolina? Chuba Hubbard? I don't think so. They put him in the game. He can't protect and he can't catch. Mm. Not a good combination for a sub back. (laughs) So you're worried about that. You know, but, you know, I think the Cowboys are riding high. This is the perfect time to play them. You know, they're coming off an emotional win against Philly. They dominated that game. But there was so many plays Philly could have made in that game against the Cowboy defense. So many. I think that that Jalen just – just, just let it all go. Yeah, the, the biggest one to me, Michael, was in the third quarter there, coming out of
4: halftime, and it's a 13 point oh, yeah. game. He's got got it. The yeah, they repeated the play. Yeah, they
5: repeated. They ran the first play from the one hash on a crosser. He gained 20 yards. They repeated the play from the other hash. They ran it back the other way. He still wasn't covered, mm. and, and, and and he couldn't get him the ball. And then he throws the hitch out there late, and he gets picked off.
4: Yeah, that that was the turning point of the game, obviously made it a 20-point game. That was the, the, the final total there was 20 as the Cowboys win 41-21. Yeah, Michael, this a weird spot as a Cowboy fan looking at that number. I want to believe, but every time... It kind of sucked me in. That's when it seems to go south. So I'm going Just to when
5: you thought you were out, they pull you back in, don't <laughs> they, they, John, they, David? Right
4: uh-huh. and, and that number 50-and-a-half here, very quickly, doesn't it feel like an underplay, or do you think the Cowboys just got lucky that Hurts missed so many open spots there for the Eagles Monday night? I, I
5: think it's an underplay. I mean, I think that the, the, if, if, Matt, if Matt Rule wants to win this game, he's going to slow the game down. He can't go point for point.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Michael, it's great to have you back here on a Wednesday talking football. we got Steve Mackinac coming up at the bottom of this hour and some fascinating trends to keep an eye on. Come on back. It's the Lombardi on here on Vista and the Sports Betting Network.
0: Offer valid on select AK systems That's through June 16, 2024 See participating retailer for details
2: Xfinity has free premium networks For everyone this month No matter what kind of entertainment you love Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows On A&E Crime Central Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah!
4: Football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. With your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love. BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in the state of Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back here on the Lombardi Line and Dave Ross joined. By the man himself, Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, it's interesting when you look at teams early on. We talked about one of them a little bit in those Dallas Cowboys. 3-0 and ATS, and so are the Carolina Panthers, 3-0 and ATS. So something's going to have to give in that Sunday matchup. But when you look at the five teams right now that are all uh, two, three teams undefeated and five teams really that are probably outperforming expectations so far, we're going to include the Saints and the Bills, even though the Bills had that rough week one against the Steelers. When you look at these numbers here, and again, I love the last number, that the Broncos and Panthers and Cowboys are all blowing it out of the water. You don't even have to sweat it if you're backing them right now. Which of those teams do you trust most
5: going forward? I mean, I think the Bills, Dave. One second, I'm going to sneeze. (laughs) Get it out. Beautiful. Beautiful. I apologize. No, they come in threes,
4: so be ready. There's two. Again, I'm sorry. It's going to be one more.
5: No, I'm good. I think I'm good. I I trust the Bills. The Bills have looked really good. And now they played against a bad Washington team. And I think that, you know, Josh Allen got a lot better in that game. He looked he looked more like the Josh Allen of 2020. Right. The Broncos, I'm worried. Again, I said this earlier. My numbers on the Broncos are great. I love Vic Fangio's defense. Teddy Bridgewater's been really good. They've got a lot of weapons now. They lose KJ Hamler. They, Jerry Judy's not in there. They're losing some skill players that, mm-hmm. that they need. They really need them. So it's going to be a problem. But I, you know, they've played that. They they've won New York, New York. They've Sinatraed their way to two and zero, and then they went to some, then they went down to uh, Jacksonville and won that game. So you know how good are they? We don't know. I mean, they didn't play great against Jacksonville. They did not. Right. You know, did they play good against the Jets? You know, can I? Can we? Can we share a moment about the Jets? The Jets have scored three points in the first half. Okay, all year they've scored twenty all season. Oof. It's one of the worst offenses you could ever watch oh. in terms of design, play calling. It's really bad. Is that any they Robert Sala? Twenty points. Oh, it's on. It's on Mike. It's on Mike LaFleur okay. who's got the job because he's friends with Sala. I mean, it's all just like like you. You score three points in the first half. Eesh. Like. Even bad, bad offenses. Even bad offenses. And we've seen this a thousand times. Bad offenses, the first drive of a game can score points. Do something different. Kind of mess around with some things. Get some. The Jets, no. Mm. No chance. Well, to that end. Three points in the first half. Three points in the first half. Well, they've been one of
4: the worst teams, ATS, obviously, so far in this young season. And when you look at the Jets, you again, not getting close. If you have backed the Jets, okay, they almost backdoored at Week One against Carolina, but then the last two weeks, to your point, they—it's just—it's not been competitive. Obviously, Week Two against the Patriots, and then last week as well. So against Denver, when they get shut out, I don't know how they fixed it. And so again, I kind of like when that line came out. West Reynolds and I were doing the Green Zone shameless plug on, on Sundays here uh, on Reason, and we we saw the line come out at ten and a half, and I thought, "Ooh, might be a good spot to back the Jets." And then I didn't play it because I thought what you said. Well, their offense is just terrible. Why am I going to back good money on a bad football team? So, it, are we just going to inflate
5: that number out here in the desert until we get people to back the Jets? Jets, Jets, I think they're going to have to. So Sunday night, I'm I'm over Bill's house. We're having Sunday dinner together, and and the lines start to pop up on his on his app, and he's like, "Oh my God, the Titans are just five and a half point favorites against the Jets." So he grabbed it, and then it went up to seven and a half quickly. Like immediately, it went up. Like, they, the app gave it to them really cheap. Wow. I, I think unless you can get it to them really cheap. Now the, now, the Titans, they don't have two. They might not have two of their starting receivers. You know, A.J. Brown's nursing a hamstring. Julio, I'm not sure what's wrong with him. But, you know, the Jets defensively, their defensive front gets after it. They play hard. They do some things. But their secondary, you're going to make some plays. They're going to have to stop the run. But the game, even against a bad Titans team defensively, they're going to have a hard time moving the football. They should move it better against the Titans. Yeah, I look
4: at I look at Washington. I wanted to pick your brain on this because again, you know, I look at things from the NFC East perspective as a Cowboy fan and a backer here. And I look at that Washington game against the ATL this week. And again, they've been zero three ATS. The defense has been lost. I don't understand it. We have Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. To me, it feels like a get-right spot. But, again, you haven't been able to trust them so far this season. We've talked about the Chiefs. They just don't cover. But there are the Falcons, right? One and two ATS. And then Washington's coming to town this week and just laying one on the road. Am I a fool for actually thinking that the Washington football team, because I trust the brain trust,
5: will figure this out this week? against Atlanta looks just awful offensively. Well, I'm gonna ask you, are you sure Rivera's a good coach? Mm. Are you sure? Are you sure Del Rio's I've been, a good coach? I've
4: been told that, right? I've been led to believe for what he did in Carolina with Cam Newton and
5: making him an MVP and getting to a Super Bowl. And I know that's the past. Then the next year they went seven and nine, then they have a good year, then they go seven and nine or six and ten, then they have a good year and they go seven and nine. There's been never been any consistency with Rivera's teams. Right. And Del Rio's defense, I mean, look, how many more ones do you want to give Del Rio defensively? He does nothing scheme-wise. He does nothing scheme-wise. And, and Chase Young will lead the league this year. He will lead the league this year in running past the quarterback. <laughs> I promise you, he will lead the league in running past the quarterback. He, there's nothing he doesn't love more than a good just run up the field. I mean, I, just run up the field and go past the quarterback. I think they're poorly coached. Wow. I really do. I disagree. I think they're poorly coached, Washington. There's no details that ever get crossed off. You know, they they, yeah. they they're just not a good team in every phase, players, coaches and scheme. I don't think you can deny it. No, I mean that, that wasn't even a game and that wasn't even a game in Buffalo.
4: It wasn't. And again, I've been removed from my DC days, but as you know, I mean, I I covered that football team for the better part of of two decades. And I remember certain coaches they couldn't wait to run out. Mike Shanahan comes to mind. Look at the brain trust he compiled there in DC and look at it now in that tree and how it's blossomed across the NFL. And of course I know they couldn't wait to run out. Jay Gruden and that, you know, I I wasn't there for the Gruden era. I was already moved on to Chicago at that point, but it does feel like Rivera is the guy that they just
5: believe in. They blindly believe in, right? The media, the media has created this, right? so let me just ask you, as as a Washingtonian historian, if Dan Snyder was the Dan Snyder that we all know, mm-hmm. how long do you think he'd be tolerating this? Oh boy, he would have been. Look, they, he ran out North Turner. Couldn't wait to run out. He North. ran out Marty
4: Schottenheimer Mar- when he went oh, eight and eight. I loved Marty, and Marty there for one year, and that, that wasn't good enough. And he did it with Tony Banks and Trump candidate to, to get eight and eight. And, I mean, it was amazing. He, he had, what the he, job he did. He
5: had. He had. He had. And he had. And he had. Uh, John Schneider was his personnel director.
4: Yes. I, look, I mean, you're preaching to the choir there. That the, For whatever reason, and I think Snyder now, Michael, because of all the issues he's had kind of off the field, I think he's really been laying low now and doesn't want to be that guy that we know from, from back in the day. Well, he should be that guy back in the day because this team needs to be, be held accountable, and right now there's no account. And again, I didn't like them just from the historical connotation that nobody in the NFC East has repeated in that division since 2004, but I thought their defense was not a question mark. It's a huge question mark. And the guys that that they've anointed there are defensive
5: guys. And to your point, Chase Young, we've already put him in the Hall of Fame. No doubt. And here's the problem is is we are, when you're working on football, you're basically in the veterinarian business because the patient never talks to you. Mm. So you have to have systems in place when you're betting or when you're analyzing. It's the same thing. You have to have systems in place. Is it coaching? Is it players? Or is it scheme? And the good teams, the good teams know they have really good coaching and their schemes are sound. So it only comes down to we got to get better players. But if, say, you're the Jets or say you're the Washington football team, are you sure our schemes are good? Are you sure our coaching is good? Are you sure our players are this bad? I think there lies. You remember that lemon thing on the with, on the table where yeah. there's three. There's three. That's what you're dealing with in Washington. Whereas the good teams, it just comes down to we got to get better. We got to get better players. Right, you just talked me and off the That's ledge. the issue.
4: Yeah, because I was gonna I was gonna go all in on Washington football this week, and I don't want to have to come to your place in Bills on Sundays looking for your barbecue, which I saw look fantastic because I'm out of I'm out of food because I keep bet, betting on Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to do their job, and they haven't done it yet.
5: Yeah, I, am My lean is towards Washington. There, let me see what the line I have. One. That, you know, no, I'm looking on my on my numbers on okay. my board here. Uh, if I can get to it here, some sometimes I, it just thing. it felt. We go. It wow. felt we too good to be true. I have this. I have it as a two point six two game. Wow. Well, again, I, it's just like I'm waiting. And, and, and Atlanta's numbers are not very good, but neither are Washington's. No, they're not. And Washington's not, Washington's the most overrated defense. I mean, just watch Chase Young. He runs past the quarterback every single play, and every announcer goes all Dick Vitale because he's past the quarterback. Let me say this to you. <laughs> when you go past the quarterback, you're now playing 10 on 11. Right. You've taken yourself out you're, of the play. Because he's refused to turn and run that way. I've yet to see him turn and run in that direction. It's a great point.
4: He's too good to be uh, taking himself out of the play. We, we've seen other great players in the past do that. They figure it out. and You've got to be active in that play, like a Lawrence Taylor, like a Bruce Smith, those guys that came off the edge. They figured out when they ran past the quarterback, they then ran back to go get the quarterback. That's how they got a lot of sacks. Chase Young needs to figure that out. Uh, Michael, going to take a very short break. When we come back, Steve Mackinan going to join us. Great. I mean, if you want to follow a guy that's just really smart in this business, you got to follow Steve. We'll discuss when you come back with us right here on Visa in the Sports Betting Network. This football season, your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe back here on the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi. I am Dave Ross and Steve Mackinan is, is a really smart guy that you need to be following on Twitter as I do at Steve Mackin point spread weekly editor here at Visa and Steve, great to have you back on the program this week. And I was really intrigued when I looked at your stuff this week, because we're looking at college football and you've really kind of broken it down teams that could have a breakout 2021 20, year uh, from a betting scheme here. And, and, it really intrigued me by what you've kind of denoted here. First of all, winning record after three games for certain teams and also winning the ATS, uh, their record after the first three games, certain teams do apply here in, in a short sample size. What have you seen so far that makes you say, all right, these teams are ones you're going to put on radar that could have really breakout years in 2021.
6: Uh, well Hey Dave. Uh, thanks for the, the props. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on again. Uh, what, the thing about this article, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for teams that are maybe off to, if you want to call it a galvanized start. Uh, these are the types of teams you want to get behind because in college football, they tend to ride these things out. If, if you can spot these teams, uh, you can be in really good shape for, uh, for finding a, or building your bankroll the rest of the year. Now, the chart that I included in this article has 32 teams of the last eight seasons that have... Uh, had a better than a seventy five percent winning percentage uh a t s uh, over that time thirty two teams uh if if you would have grabbed those teams after week three, they hit seventy nine percent a t s the rest of the way so you think wow. oh did i miss out on, did i miss the boat on these teams no you haven 't if you can find them you 're still in for a very good run the rest of the way
5: yeah, and one of those teams, which I think is fascinating and it couldn't come at a better time for us to talk about, is the Ole Miss Rebels. You know, where Matt Corral gets a chance to, to play against the Alabama and Lane Kiffin gets to play against his former coach. And we actually will find out, you know, how good is Alabama. We're seeing that line move. It opened at 14 and a half and it's now at 15. So break down this based on your chart.
6: Okay, so one of the key factors in determining my list of 15 potential teams, which in my write-ups I I basically narrow down to about eight or nine that I really like, uh, is that they weren't uh, a winning team last year. They won less than eight games or less than two-thirds of the games, whatever it was. Now, the key about that is they're off to a good start this year. What brings a team more together than coming off a losing season and starting off well? That can build a lot of of mojo for a team, and I think that's how they ride this thing out. Now, Ole Miss is the perfect example of that. Last year, their defense was atrocious Uh, and one of the worst probably in the last 10 years of college football, statistically. Uh, They're off to a great start. They got the quarterback, uh, Heisman contending. Uh, What don't they have going for them right now? What can galvanize them even further is a big effort at Alabama this weekend.
4: You know, it's really interesting, Steve, and I'm an unabashed Syracuse fan here, and I saw trait number five there, having the same coach as a year ago, and Dina Babers was, we we thought, reportedly in trouble, but he is back, and so far, Syracuse, oh my goodness. They fit your criteria, and I love the point you made earlier that if Because I feel like, oh, man, I missed the boat on the Qs. But but that's not necessarily the case, according to your logic here, right? That's still Syracuse, even with the upset victory against Liberty last week, even though so far 3-0 ATS, there's still not a bad play going forward?
6: Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. You look at the ACC. Uh, looks right for the picking right now. And there's a couple teams from the list from the ACC that I point out that could be improved teams this year. Syracuse, way better defensively. than they they were a year ago. Can they ride that to a a rest-of-the-year finish that is uh, impressive? They could. You, You just never know.
5: You know, the other game that jumps out at me, because I'm a big believer in the bottom 10, now last week Wyoming, you know, barely snuck a win out against UConn, and, and UNLV ended up covered in their game, and so, you know, the bottom 10 didn't serve us as usually as they do, but this week, I think Texas San Antonio, which has beaten Illinois, has kind of surprised a lot of people, they get UNLV, and it's a, it opened at 20, now it's at 21, why do you like San Antonio so much?
6: To it, I love this team, this team has been building over the last few years to get to this point where they're a potential conference champion type of team. Uh, great quarterback and Frank Harris uh, that win can't, at Illinois can't be understated for a program like UTSA going on the road, a very unfamiliar <laughs> environment there at a Big Ten school at Illinois winning that game. Uh, they're laying three touchdowns here to uh, UNLV this week, and they certainly look capable of beating that number.
4: Yeah, you know, Steve. Also, uh, a team that jumps out to me is the Fighting Chip Kelly's, and you know they got a really good win uh, <laughs> last week at, at the tree against Stanford here, and then they're laying a small number at home, three and a half against Herm Edwards and company coming in. And I looked at trait number nine. Uh, teams that won fewer than two-thirds of their games uh, in the season prior. That would certainly fit for Chip Kelly here. So when you look at that game, that still feels like a, a good play then, according to this logic, correct?
6: Yeah, well, if you look at the traits that I did to narrow down the teams that fit the bill, uh, a lot of them go back to my stability uh, things that I've relied on a lot in college football. How? how stable a team is going into a season. UCLA was one of the more veteran teams uh, in the country this year coming in. Great quarterback and uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who seems to really have bought into the system of Chip Kelly. Fourth year of Chip Kelly, a lot of pressure there. So they had a lot of things going for them. And if you look at their year so far, their only loss is sort of a miraculous loss. Mm-hmm. Like. They, they were just as gritty as Fresno State in that game. They just came out on the short end of the stick on that one. So they still got a lot going for them. Uh, Arizona State, uh, maybe a bit of a disappointment team potentially this season now after that loss to BYU. So uh, definitely a game where UCLA looks uh, maybe worthy of your betting dollar.
5: You know, the game, I know this isn't on your list, but the the, the board that strikes me is why is Wisconsin continue to be a favorite (laughs) when we haven't seen them play well yet, especially offensively? I mean, can you explain how your power rankings compare to this line? How does that Wisconsin, how do you explain Wisconsin? I know they're playing home against the Wolverines, but why are they a two point favorite?
6: It's puzzling to me, Michael. And, and I told you, what, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I've been a Badger <laughs> fan my entire life. I've, I've actually watched almost every minute of all three of their games so far. This team is not clicking offensively. I think the the, play college change to Paul Christ is not working out for them uh just a lot of i mean the Michigan is a team that's way better than a season ago Wisconsin about the same level they were last year i i do I'm not buying into this this line this week. This is very puzzling to me. I know Wisconsin has a great history against Michigan lately. Uh, but these are two different teams than than we've seen the last 10 years.
4: Yeah, for that reason, guys, I was on Notre Dame last week against Wisconsin, but I was also on Oklahoma against West Virginia, and I was dead wrong on that one, Steve. And again, I kept waiting for OU, but West Virginia is one of your teams on this list here. Uh, What do you see that they're doing in Morgantown? Uh, Certainly uh, bringing back the head coach has helped, and and, a lot of these traits fit your criteria here. So the Mountaineers long-term still a viable play?
6: Uh, So, in the article, I wrote that I think the jury's still out with this team. What I do like about West Virginia this year is they've played three tough games to this point, and they've been very, very competitive. Uh, Obviously, the game uh, against Oklahoma, they um, could go uh, go either way. So, you just don't know. Um, I I can't give a definitive answer yet on West Virginia. I'm not sold. So, (laughs) I'd like to say I'm a complete buy-in, but I'm not at this point.
5: You know, Rutgers is another team, the State University here in New Jersey, and, and they, go, they go to play, uh, you know, they, they've got Ohio, Ohio State. State. Greg Siano was there, you know, and, that, and that, they're just a 14, 15-point dog there. And then the other game is I think a lot of bettors are going to think Clemson's going to bounce back. But Boston College is one of the teams on your list too. Talk about Rutgers, Ohio State, Boston College, Clemson.
6: Yeah, okay. I actually wrote Boston College off on this. I think the the injury to uh, Djokovic is is too too damning for them, if you will. Uh, it's uh, they're going into Clemson. Clemson's problems are offensively right now. How is Boston College going to really score many points in this game? I can see why the line is where it is there. Uh, I'm I'm I've abandoned Boston College even though they're on on my list just because that quarterback injury. I, just, Rutgers, yeah. Rutgers, different story. I. They're galvanized under Shiano. They they really seem to buy in to what's happened there. Uh, they've recruited well with Shiano. So I think this is just the beginning for that team. And wh- whether or not they win a lot of games, I think they will cover a lot of games the rest of the week.
4: Steve, I only have about 30 seconds left, but can I sneak in the Commonwealth because I'm from Virginia here. What about those Wahoos? They're on your list. They look terrible against Wake Forest, but you're still buying in going forward?
6: Uh, again, you're going to have to read the write-up on that one. i i bailed on this team. <laughs> two too bad offensive – two bad showings in ACC play. Uh, I'm off
4: of them. All right. Fair enough, Steve. Uh, Again, check him out. uh, Point Spread Weekly editor here at VEASAN. Always appreciate the insight. Does great work here. And, again, follow him on Twitter, at Steve McInnen. Top of the hour, Brian Baldinger going to join us. And I know, Michael, you can't wait to talk all about offensive lines in the NFL. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Get your payout before the game is out with BetMGM. Place a money-long wager on Thursday Night Football, and if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's a full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to BetMGM account and opt in each week to the Thursday Night Halftime Payout Promotion. Want to keep things rolling? Well, try BetMGM's exclusive live betting options in the third quarter, or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? Download the app see how you can turn halftime cash into full-time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team's up by 10 or more, you're going to win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Back here on the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross, and we're going to have Brian Baldinger at the top of the hour to talk off things offensive line. I'm always intrigued by that. Because a quick story, Michael, I'll never forget being on the sidelines with Trevor Maddich now at ESPN. He was a former offensive lineman at BYU. And we were watching a line play. And I look at this kid. It was a third-round pick at Northern Iowa. Uh, Chad Reiner, I believe his name was, with the Washington football team back in the day. It was his first day of practice. And I look, and we're watching the same thing. And I go, I go Trevor, what do you think? And he goes, can't play in the NFL. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, it's footwork. It's, it's messed up. I didn't, I, we're looking at the same thing and I can't see it. So what you and guys like Baldy can see, I can never see even
5: being on the sidelines. It
4: always fascinates me.
5: Well, I think a lot offensive linemen are the easiest position to at least evaluate because they, they, they actually do two things in the game that you need to evaluate, pass, protect, and run block. Mm. You know, and so sometimes when we watch these tight ends, you know, we don't ever see them run block. You know, you never saw Kyle pitch really line up against a nine technique and block him. You never saw him line up against a seven technique and block him. You saw him block support, but anybody can block support. So at least you can watch him. And for linemen... You know, everybody says, well, it's no big deal. You, 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 you don't need the 40 time. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. You know why you need a 40 time? Because the, the, an offensive lineman, it's about his second step. It's not about his first step. He's got to get his second step on the ground as quick as he can. Takes a first step, second step. That's when you determine foot quickness. And foot quickness leads to athleticism and then balance. And that's what great offensive linemen have is athleticism and balance. That's why wrestlers are great. should be great mm-hmm. offensive linemen.
4: Well, again, I don't mean to put Chad Reinhardt on blast, but still, I'll never
5: forget that you example. Know, uh, the, the, when, you know, when you see a bad one, you could see it, I, then you wonder, like, how did he get drafted? Yeah. Like the other thing is, is you don't want you don't want high cut linemen. What does that mean? You don't you want a guy who's six foot seven and his pant and his when his inseams are thirty two, right? <laughs> like you want short legs, long trunk. That's what you want. You want so they can bend. They bend and they can play with quickness. You want size, but you want shorter legs. You want you don't want long trunk. You don't want high cut players that can't bend because then they can't play with any power, and they get pushed back in the quarterback and every pass rusher becomes better when he can push the guard back. This is what makes Vita Vey so good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, he takes any center and just walks him right back to the quarterback. He's so powerful, and he's so quick. He gets his second step on the ground so quickly that he's able to be a dominant pass rusher, even though it will never show up in the stats. He's a worst nightmare for any team. The Patriots are probably planning. They have no problem trying to block Sha- Shaq Barrett or trying to block Pierre Paul. not going to play, but... But they can handle the edges. It's when you get a guy inside that can push that pocket back. That's the real issue. And I, that's why in 99 in L.A. with
4: Aaron Donald, he's a nightmare yeah. for, for offenses. Trying to figure out a way. you got to you know single, double block him. How are you going to do that? Good luck. I, I know I'm going down the rabbit hole here. But since we're on this topic, and you mentioned wrestlers should make great offensive linemen. Brock Lesnar gave it a shot right? I can go back to Bill Goldberg. I think he tried with the Falcons way back in the day. Mm-hmm.
5: What is it about that skill set that you think would be transferable
4: to an NFL offense? It's, ba-
5: it's all about balance. balance. It's all about being able to stay balanced and center. It's why you want, you want shot putters that that in track, you know, you want people that can generate power from their lower body. You know, we, we signed, when I was in Cleveland, we signed Rick Lyle. He was the state shot put champion in Missouri. He Played defensive tackle at Missouri. We signed him with the idea we we're going to flip him, make him an offensive lineman. Now, we never did. He ended up playing 10 years of defensive tackle in the league. Mm. But, you know, Bob Dahl, who was drafted in the third round from the, by the Cincinnati Bengals out of Notre Dame, you know, he was a state champion in wrestling. He was also a really good high school player. It on the offensive line, we flipped him over from defense to offense. He ended up playing seven years in the offensive line in the league, made a lot of money. So they're out there. You can't just go by what's happening to college football today is all the top line, all the athleticism is going towards the defense. And so the offense is left with scrappy, tough, lack foot speed. So you've got to try to invent offensive linemen somehow, some way, and you need a line coach. One of the problems the Bears have is when your line coach can't develop players, right. you're going to have a bad line. I think the Juan Castillo is the line coach there. Juan, I was with him in, in Philadelphia when he was an intern. But I mean, it, it's a problem. That's why he got fired in Buffalo. It's a problem for him. Remember, he was the defense coordinator for Philadelphia Eagles because he, after he was the line coach. Baldy and I could tell you stories about that for years. (laughs) Well, you know, it is interesting, too, because I think a lot of people, and not just with offensive linemen, I I go
4: back to Ronaldo Nehemiah, the great sprinter, when the the Niners uh, tried to make him a wide receiver, and sometimes people go, what are you doing as an executive? Like, what in the world are you possibly looking at? But you're looking at a skill set that you think would be transferable to the NFL, so you
5: take a shot, Right. right? Right, yeah, but the problem is receivers, you need production. Like, I've been through this with receivers and defensive backs need production. It's an instinctive position as much as it is in an athletic position. We get caught up in the athleticism, but if they don't have instincts. And for defensive backs, it's really about balance more than speed. It's about being able to jump when the ball's in the air in balance. It's being able to go get that rebound when 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 the ball's up. Right, you're always. Barkley was always in balance. It didn't matter that he was six four and a half, not right. even six six as he was listed. He was always in balance. So he can go get the ball. So you, that's DBs, wide receivers. They have to have production. They have to have production because they've got to have a way of understanding how to run a route, how to feel a route. It's too complicated. They don't have instincts. It's too hard. And typically, the best receivers are back, are guys that were former running backs, mm. because when they get the ball in their hands, they know what to do with it. It's interesting too, and
4: again, I don't. I don't mean to harp on you know Ryan Pace in Chicago, and, and you know Matt. Nagy. We can harp
5: on him. I mean, he deserves it. He, he's a big boy. He makes his bed every morning. He's a big boy. He got. Look, you, you take. You you stand in front of the world and say Mitchell Trubisky's great. You're going to have to take. He's lucky. He got. He's still
4: there. Well, and, and to that point, I always thought the more egregious pick was Adam Shaheen in the second round. Like I know everybody. looks at it to him, was. right. But they were trying to flip Shaheen and make him a tight end,
5: and that was a disaster in Chicago. And nobody talks about those type. Of, of decisions that, that GM's made. His whole met. problem since he's been in Chicago has been he's never he never recognized where he is. Right. He, he has an offensive line. You can't be the general manager of Chicago Bears that have a bad line, because you're going to play in bad weather. You're going to Green Bay. You're playing in Chicago. There's nine games that are going to that potentially have bad weather in them. At some point, right? You got to have a really good offensive line. That's the key to the Bears' success is we have to build this inside out, not outside in. Meanwhile, he's spending $7 million on Jimmy Graham. Couldn't you take that 7000000 million? Wouldn't that be a lot better if you put it in your offensive line? Yeah, completely. And again, and
4: it gets to Sunday's game. They're going to lay three at home against Detroit here. How and are they favored I, against anybody? Tell me. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to get there Would you with play these this? guys. But I Would can't. You, are you playing the Lions? No, I'm not going to play the game, I think, Mike. I'm going to stay away. But here's the thing. Historically, right, you know me, I'm kinda, I am kind of. I really do look at those historical trends. And, you know, Matt Nagy, the one team he's owned has been the Lions in his short tenure here in Chicago. So you're laying that small number at home. I kind of, you know, this summer when I looked at their, their first four games, I had it charted exactly the way it's gone so far, and I thought this was the winnable game.
5: But when you tell me you don't know who's going to play quarterback, I don't know if you're doing that. You know because... who's going to play quarterback. He's not putting fields out there. He can't – He, here's the thing. He's getting ready to play the Detroit Lions. They give up over 10 yards per attempt in the passing game. They're one of the worst pass defense in the history of football. Mm. They're so bad, right? They can't cover anybody, right? And so if he just puts Andy Dalton out there, or if he puts Nick Foles out there, he'll complete some passes in his offense. The more he plays fields, the more he exposes himself. He can't do that. He can't, do, Fields isn't ready to play yet. And the more he plays Fields, the more he's like, you know, I can't win with Fields. It's like the whole conversation this summer, Trey Lance, you know, MVP candidate, Dave, MVP candidate, Trey Lance, you know, he's going to be the MVP. You know, it's like, it's why Garoppolo laughed at people when, when they asked him, do you know who the starter is? And Garoppolo's like, yeah, I know. It's he me. knew Trey Lance is all the rhetoric coming out of say, oh, he's great in practice. He's been great. No, he's not great in practice. He's learning. He's terrible. He's making mistakes. But you know, what, you same know what, thing with same thing, Michael. Uh, my it, point it, with this, I would have played, I would have played Fields, but I would have designed the offense around Fields. What Nagy's done is designed the offense around Dalton. That Fields can't play in that offense.
4: It's, it's it's a great point, and again, I, I want to try to get John Fox on our show uh, one time here in the near future, because I've, I've grown to have some great conversations with Coach Fox, and basically he protected Mitchell Trubisky that first year. It was a pick he did not want to make. He wanted to draft defense, right? But then it was John Fox's fault. He was the guy. Well, this is all on Nagy, and this is all on on Ryan Pace. They wanted, they made this decision, and now they realize they're stuck with a guy that right now doesn't look ready to play professional football. That's got to be tough if you're the brain trust, and you made that decision, right?
5: Right, and you're supposed to be a guru of quarterbacks, and you can't coach the quarterback. There's no Rue in Nagy's guru. <laughs>
4: Don't be me right now. Uh, Michael, when we come back, we will talk to the aforementioned Brian Balderger. It is the Lombardi line right here on East and the East sports Betting Network.
6: If you dare.
3: Zumo Play.